Today on The Good Word, we're talking about support and forgiveness. Humanity has cultivated grapevines for over 10,000 years. They're useful and productive, but grapevines grow quickly and have to have support to spread themselves out to absorb enough light to yield fruit. Modern vine experts use specially built trellises, but the ancients had an even simpler method for support. Elm trees are strong, sturdy trees that bear no fruit and have nothing to produce but wood and shade. The Romans, recognizing how the two plants filled in the other's gaps, planted their vineyards full of elms and grew the vine on the pruned elm trees. The vine produces more abundantly when it's supported, but the elm, which grows nothing on its own, but is still an essential part of the vineyard, provides the support. Poets and philosophers spoke of the two plants as the example of an ideal partnership. Ovid said, The elm loves the vine, the vine does not desert the elm. For better or worse, we're not in this life alone. There are over 7 billion people on the planet now, and probably someone within shouting distance of you right now. Family, work, school, church, none of it is done in isolation or without support. But sometimes, our faults and the faults of others rub up against each other. No one can do it all, and no one can do it all perfectly. And evidently, the ancient church had much of the same problems as we do today. One member of the church in Corinth had done something wrong to offend his fellow saints, and unity in the church suffered. Despite the peaceful purpose of church, our contact with others is rarely flawless. Whatever happened in Corinth, in 2 Corinthians 2, Paul has only one response. Forgive. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment which was inflicted of many, so that contrarywise ye ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. Wherefore I beseech you that ye would confirm your love toward him, to whom ye forgive anything I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes, forgave I it in the person of Christ. We don't know what the man did or how the saints responded to this plea for forgiveness, but it's clear that if the church was going to continue to function, the saints were going to need to support and love and forgive each other. This doesn't mean condoning or ignoring sins, but neither does it mean condemning or criticizing weaknesses. Forgiving others for their faults, even when they harm us or affect us negatively, can take divine intervention, as Elder Kevin R. Duncan explains. One key to forgiving others is to try to see them as God sees them. At times, God may part the curtain and bless us with the gift to see into the heart, soul, and spirit of another person who has offended us. This insight may even lead to an overwhelming love for that person. We are all in this life together. And like the ancient metaphor of the elm and the grapevines, alone we're imperfect, less productive plants in the vineyard of the Lord. Only when we give our strengths to cover the weaknesses of others and are humble enough to allow others to support us in our weaknesses can we be fruitful in the way God intends. Harsh words might still slip out, disappointments can still crop up, and people might fail to meet our expectations. Mortality will continue to be flawed and, well, mortal. The only solution to this is forgiveness. Not because we or anyone else earned it, but because we are trying to love those around us, and God loves us. 
Elder Jeffrey R. Holland explained it this simply. So be kind regarding human frailty, your own as well as those who serve with you in a church led by volunteer mortal men and women. Except in the case of his only perfect begotten son, imperfect people are all God has ever had to work with. That must be terribly frustrating to him, but he deals with it. (laughs) So should we. And that's the good word. 